My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes toward his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude and insult you, and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The Gospel of the Lord. Almost 30 years later, and I can't even calculate how many times I've watched every single episode, the sitcom Seinfeld still cracks me up on a regular basis. And if I'm flipping the channels and it's on Comedy Central, I can't help but leave it on. And the daily errands of it on PIX 11 are almost part of my daily routine to to wind down at the end of the day. So I have way too many scenes memorized, and it's hard to pinpoint a favorite episode, although I have a list. And a couple of weeks ago, one of those favorites was on again, and it's called The Opposite. For those of you who don't know, and I can't imagine anyone who doesn't, but one of the main characters, George Costanza, is lamenting to his friends, Jerry and Elaine, about the whole trajectory that his life has taken. After sitting out on the beach by himself, reflecting on his lack of a meaningful job, relationship. He bemoans, why did it all turn out like this for me? I had so much promise. I was personable. I was bright, maybe not academically speaking, but I was perceptive. I always knew when someone was uncomfortable at a party. It became very clear to me sitting out there today that every decision I've ever made in my entire life has been wrong. My life is the opposite of everything I wanted to be. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, be it something to wear, something to eat, it's all been wrong. So this results in Jerry and Elaine kind of proposing experiments for George to test out his theory, to do the exact opposite of his instincts moving forward, from ordering his usual off the menu at the diner to ignoring the attractive woman who glanced at him. So first, he gets a chicken salad sandwich instead of tuna. 
And then he sheds his characteristic, whiny, and pathetic demeanor that has prevented him from ever approaching an attractive woman and instead engaging her in conversation. After he explains that he noticed her looking in his direction, she responds that she did when she overheard that George ordered the exact same lunch as she did. At which point he takes this deep breath and says, my name is George, I'm unemployed, and I live with my parents. At which point, with full attention towards him, she puts out her hand and smiles and says, I'm Victoria, hi. The brilliance of the episode that is lost on the main characters who are seemingly incapable of any meaningful self-reflection in life is that the reason that George's life turns around, at least in this episode, is that the opposite for him means being truthful, treating women with dignity and respect, having patience while also confronting difficult situations and conversations with directness and confidence. There's something, though, about that whole premise of that episode that really stayed with me. How often human nature and our instincts can really be the opposite of what leads us to truth and to goodness and to encountering God. For example, our our very normal human dispositions, our impulses in life tells us to avoid being poor and hungry, and that weeping and hatred are things to be avoided as well, and that we should be pursuing riches, being full and laughter and popular. Yet Jesus in this gospel, in one of his most popular sermons, says the opposite, that the first group is blessed and the other one is not. And it's confusing because no matter how many times we encounter this gospel passage, there's that voice within that proposes that if God is all powerful and he's all loving and he's all knowing, then we have these expectations that wouldn't doing the right thing always be respected and appreciated and rewarded and encouraged? Wouldn't being faithful to God be rewarded with protection and showered with blessings of wealth and comfort and favor? Wouldn't those who are enemies of God find it hard to get ahead? Listening to Jesus, is he saying then that only those who are miserable right now in life will gain eternal salvation? And those who are extremely comfortable and fulfilled right now, well, enjoy it while it lasts? Those thoughts and those feelings can lead people to arguing and getting lost in the comparison game, justifying why they're really poor and not as rich as someone else, or trying to convince ourselves why we're really in one camp over the other, and setting the stage for class warfare and division, all of which, quite simply, is the opposite of what Jesus is trying to do here. The key to understanding this is when the gospel tells us that Jesus raising his eyes towards his disciples. So he's directing the entirety of his sermon to each of his disciples. So he's not making these general observations about the world. He's not giving a guideline saying, get your accounting book out there and see that line between rich and in danger and poor and your good. He's talking about the complexity of what goes on inside each and every one of our hearts. And more specifically, how do we see ourselves? How do we see him? 
Because too many who are poor and rich, they all both fall for that lie that those who have material wealth are blessed by God. Too many who struggle for food and those who are well-fed, they can both fall for that lie that physical hunger is being fulfilled is evidence of being favored by him. And too many who are weeping and hated and those who are laughing and popular both can fall for that lie that those experiencing happiness and acceptance prove who's truly loved by God and those who aren't. And it can cause those going without to resent and those who have to believe they're obviously on the right track. In that space, words that Jerry would say to George would be applicable. If every instinct you have is wrong, the opposite would have to be right. Because the reality is, Jesus desires you. Each and every one of us were fearfully, wonderfully made. Each and every one of us is gifted in countless individual ways. Each of us has a place and each of us has a purpose. Each of us is deliberately imagined as part of God's magnificent creation. God sees us as so much more than we see ourselves as, as we get distracted with very worldly, earthly things as our barometer. When we recognize that God becomes man, dies on the cross, so that our sins won't be an obstacle to our being united with the one who created us, that Jesus remains present here and speaks to us through this his word, and then continues to make himself accessible as God himself becomes real and present and simple bread in that consecrated host, vulnerable to be grasped and received by mere mortals. That has to change our entire perspective on everything. That not one thing escapes God's notice. And that's the good news and that's the beauty of this gospel. That Jesus looks us in the eye and says, I see the poverty. I see your hunger. I know what makes you weep and hated. When we see him, when we see that God's love is not illustrated or demonstrated in doling out material possessions, when we recognize that our value isn't determined by opinion polls or likes or friends that we can number, when we recognize it's the opposite of everything that we're tempted to believe are the signs of success, and instead simply when we see him and we hear him and we trust him, and we follow him, it's then that we start to realize how blessed we truly are.